psychic children, creepy therapists, and lots and lots of red. We watched Beyond the Black Rainbow, so it's time for episode 41 of Have You Seen? Yes, indeed. Hello. This is uh, Have You Seen? episode 41. Uh, I am Kieran Lefort, and crammed into this small warm room with me is Tom Webb. Hello. Um, we didn't introduce ourselves last time out. No, we didn't, I, did we? I assume people know who we are. Now we're up to 40, 41 episodes. I know. It's crazy, isn't it? I know. We thought it was only last six weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's mad. 41 episodes. 11 more, and we'll have done a year's worth. We will. Um, we are once again on the road. Yeah. And full of ginger beer. One second. Um, in the... Uh, in the small library of uh, yeah. Shay Webb. Um, we are once again accompanied by strange noises from the outside uh, and a pet rabbit on the inside yeah, who she's... appears to be tidying up her hutch in front of us. <laughs> yes, she, uh, she seems a lot more relaxed than she was last time out, so mm. I think she's getting used to it. Excellent. Although she does keep throwing bits of twig at us. Yeah, you have to talk into the microphone. Yeah, sorry. If you want anybody to hear you. Yeah. Um, yes. I'm not sure if she's. I'm not sure she's rearranging or, or throwing stuff at us, but yeah. um, she seems a bit more relaxed. Yeah, in, uh, Her appearance on the last episode. We'll see if she has any contributions. Yeah. Um, so this movie came about. Not this movie. This uh, our review of this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Came about uh, because two episodes ago, uh, a man by the name of Trevor Flattery uh, mm. sent us uh, his opinion on Dead Snow on Facebook, uh, and also said, "Hold on, this requires me finding a piece of paper up on the floor." There we go. Professional to the last. I'd like to hear both of your thoughts on the movie Beyond the Black Rainbow. It's instant view on Netflix and it's a mind fuck. Yeah, now this kind of appealed to us in the sense that we've never we've I mean we he normally or when we've had uh listener pitches before, mm. you know, like people have written like a, a couple of paragraphs and yeah. given us, you know, pitched it to us in the style that we pitched to each other. Whereas yes. this is just one simple sentence. It's yes. a film neither of us had ever heard of. No. And we were just like, no. you know what? Let's Trevor just... doesn't even say if he liked it or not. No, he just exactly. wants to hear what we think about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So I think I, I, for me, it was just like, let's, this this could be fun and intriguing. So we just decided let's just go for it and yeah, watch yeah. it. Um, and unusually, this is, I think this is actually the first time you and I have ever watched a film that's a part of the pitch and review process for this show together. Yes, I think it is. Yeah. Um, the only things we knew about it were the scary poster, which yeah. uh, will serve as the thumbnail on the blog, I think, yes. this week. Yeah. Um, and uh, the description on Netflix, which just says, when telepathic teen Elena flees the mysterious facility where she's been imprisoned her entire life, her unstable therapist relentlessly pursues her. Yes. It was made in Canada in 2010 mm-hmm. by a man on, with a Greek name. name. Yeah, Panos is... something or other. Panos Cosmopolis. Uh, Panos Cosmatos. Okie dokie. I probably pronounced that really badly. Probably, but but, you know, that's what you're here for. Yes. So where do we start? Well, I suspect you liked this less than I did. I I think I did as well. I was was watching it thinking, this is probably fairly well up Tom's street. (laughs) Well, yes and no. Okay. Uh, put it this way: there are bits of it I liked, bits mm-hmm. of it I loved, and bits of it I hated. Okay. Um, there was bits of it I hated. Approximately one hour and fifty minutes of it. Right, which is pretty much all which of is it. the whole film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that? Did you find anything redeeming about it at uh, all? I don't know. Let's have a look. No, 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 no. No, no. 
Hang on, that's <laughs> only page one. <laughs> it could be a while. Probably. Yeah, I wrote th- I record. I wrote three full pages of notes for this. Yeah, I didn't. I wrote. I wrote like, oh, I liked it when one. I found out that Barry was wearing a wig because I thought <laughs> it was from the start. Yeah, and it turned out it was a wig. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, you, you didn't like talk, it. Tell tell me the things you liked about this horrible uh, film. Well, what I did like about it was I liked the production design of it and the okay. style of it, and I liked uh, I liked the music. I thought fitted re- its tone really well, so okay. I liked that kind of stuff. Tig, stop throwing things about. Jesus. Um, and it was one of those things I've always thought I'd love to make a film like this. So right. like a, mo- a modern day film that, that has that. I mean, it's a really sort of 70s, early 80s sci-fi it's, uh, film. It's kind of a throwback yeah. to... Uh, it's set in 1983. Yeah. And it's a kind of a throwback to the straight-to-video chillers of the era. Yeah, absolutely, think, yeah. In that um, but even, the music is straight out of 1983. The production yeah. design, everything. Yeah. Uh, even the occasional scratches on the film. Absolutely. Um, the, the things that it reminded me of were things like, even earlier than that, things like Logan's Run, THX1138, mm-hmm. um, elements of Doctor Who and mm. ro- the original Rollerball and sort of movies like that. They, they're very kind of... Um, unusual and kind of t- that sort of tone mm-hmm. um, which I really like I, I, I really like that thing but this just didn't it just didn't have what those movies have no I think it did have what a glacial pace yes. I don't think I've ever seen a film pace slower than no. this now see this is the thing that really annoyed me was that yes you can have like a lot of the movies I just mentioned are reasonably slow paced yeah you can have a reasonably slow-paced scene mm. as long as there's plenty of plot and information going along with it. I counted approximately two plot developments in an hour and 50 minutes. Yeah, see, this is the problem I had with it, is that there is no plot, really. No. And it's not really explained in any way. Nothing. Which is Wait, hang on. I nothing is really explained. I have a note. Explain something. Anything. Yeah. And it's like, okay, there's 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 only so far you can go being abstract and a bit pretentious. But... Yeah, there could have easily been a really solid plot in this movie. Yeah, if there'd just been a few more key scenes, and the scenes that we did have weren't as long as they were. Yeah, it, it, it all appears to be just about the creepy imagery. Yeah, I reckon you could probably cut this down to a fifteen-minute short, and not lose anything. Yeah, and probably keep every shot because every shot is a really long yeah. take as yeah. well. Yeah, I mean, I love. I'm a big fan of things like Depth of Field, but this took it way beyond what you should. Yeah, how much do you like extreme close-up? Because you get a whole lot in this. Extreme close-ups of everything. I got really sick of being like three inches from everybody's face. Yeah, yeah. And so it kind of like, I don't know, I could kind of see what they were trying to, what it's trying to do as a film. I just don't think it really kind of worked that well. Or at least it was was kind of disparate ideas that were shoved together and didn't really hold together for me mm. I think In the Boring Red Corridor would have been a better title yeah there's a lot of that there's a lot we get to see a lot of the ceilings of these yes. places there's never ending tracking shot slanted up slightly to look at the ceilings of the inside of the institute yeah and the thing is though it's like okay you've got this girl who's obviously telekinetic of mm-hmm. some description she has these powers mm. but at no point do uh, does anyone express why she's being held in this asylum and what the purpose of her being there is. Yeah. If you knew that, 
that might help. Yeah. If What's they the had point some of the pyramid, why do clouds yeah. keep forming over the pyramid? Yeah. Where is the pyramid in relation to everything else? Because for a exactly. while I thought she was kept inside, inside it, exactly. but she's not. No, no, not at all. It's just it's there. It's and just a weird glowing white pyramid in a room. According to Wikipedia, that is the device that they use to keep her mind under control. Oh, really? Which isn't explained at Good. all. Well, for we me, shouldn't have to go to Wikipedia for that information. No, exactly. That should be in the yeah. film. And that that bit for me was when I thought, wow, this looks like it's a... a, a um, it looks like a 70s prog rock band had been given a budget to make a feature film yep. and then hired their uh, album art cover designer to, to direct it. Unfortunately, they didn't do the soundtrack. No, no. I, there were bits of the soundtrack I quite liked. Mm. I know I know you're not fussed, but I thought if it, the soundtrack fits well with the type of movie it is. It just, yeah. It, I, think it, I think it just could have done with a plot. Just There's so only so much red tint and... yeah. Iffy synth, I can stand. The bit that I didn't like was the black and white bit in the middle. Right, yeah. All, okay, all of a sudden, let's talk about that. There's all of a sudden, there's a, uh, I guess it's a flashback to 1966. Right. Where everything goes black and white, but yeah. not in a monochrome way. It's stark black and stark white. Yeah. Um, and quite often you only see people's wigs. Now it's 1966 and things have got weirder, I put. Yeah. Uh, it does have the amazing, amazing line in that section. Right. There's approximately there's probably only forty lines of dialogue in this yeah, whole film. Yeah, and they're all the mumbled. S- the script can't have been that big. No. Uh, there's in 1966. Uh, there's one amazing line, which is "Bring home the motherload, Barry." <laughs> I didn't hear that. Yeah. Um, now, Barry in 1966 then climbs in a pool of black gunk. Yeah. And I just couldn't work out what the hell that was about. No. No. Uh, I actually wrote, has Barry been sent from 1966 to 1983 by way of a pool of black gunk to find and train psychic children? <laughs> <laughs> see, that would have been a good plot. Yeah. So this is the thing that Stealing really... It. See, this is the thing that really annoyed me. Oh, and then I wrote, was, am I watching an art installation? <laughs> but th- now you say that... Okay. Right? On, on to Wikipedia again. Yes. I'm going to try and read this so I can see the laptop and talking to my mic. Um... The mo- right, okay, this is a direct quote from Wikipedia. The movie's genesis was an overlap between two projects Cosmatos wanted to do. One of these was a movie about a girl trapped in an asylum, while the other was an installation promoting a refer- research facility that didn't exist. Mm-hmm. So it effectively was, like I said, two completely different ideas yeah. shoved together. Yeah, yeah. And oh, Tiggs is having a drink. Okay, That's probably going to be quite uh, loud. Odd rattling noise yeah. you can hear is a, is a bunny drinking from a bottle. Spit out the- I don't know. I think she just dribbled in the corner. Right. She, I, I, let me move my laptop adapter just in case she decides to dribble yeah. on the electricals. What are you up to? Right. Um, yeah. So for me, this movie was one of those like, imagine the potential. You've got yeah. some cool sets. You've got yeah. kind of an interesting original. Like you've got a, a, a nice look to it in places. Just, you know, give it a good proper. She's going for it now. <laughs> yeah. Give it a good proper plot like yeah. a proper sci-fi yep. plot and it would have been it could have been great yeah. it could have been, I mean seriously I could have walked away from this absolutely loving it and I and I didn't which is a real shame I got this this film goes on forever we paused about 45 minutes in we did we? yeah uh, and I thought to be honest at that point it was so slow I thought it was almost over yeah and then I realised there was still over an hour left to go yeah Um, what did I write Um, uh, this would have been later than that so this is after the uh, the flashback so I guess we're well over an hour in. Yeah. The description uses words like flee and pursue. Neither of these things has happened yet. No, that's really kind of like 
That's right. That's even. That's the last twenty minutes, in yeah. fact, isn't it? Yeah. Given this is supposedly about a child with psychic powers, we've seen very little of a child using any psychic powers. Yeah. There's one bit where um, she makes a woman's nose bleed, and yeah. later on she kills her, doesn't she? Yeah. It always has the least dynamic escape sequence of all time. Yes. I think it's supposed to be creepy, but it wasn't no. really. It was just like, oh. Yeah. So this man should not be given an action movie. No. Um, this <laughs> uh, About the escape, I wrote, yeah. stop randomly pressing buttons, child. You don't know what they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Everything's just like a red square, isn't yeah. it? There's no, there's no, like, you know, even just a symbol that that you don't know what it means. Yeah. It would have done. Yeah. You know, just some kind of marking. No. Like, this uh, is a lift. Plain, you know? plain red, yeah, plain red buttons. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is the answer to the never asked question, what's red boring and very, very slow? <laughs> See, now, uh, for me, the, the the big win in this is the production design because it, I mean, it genuinely looks like one of those movies from the, the late 70s, early 80s. Oh, yeah. Oh, they've done a very, a very good job of... Um, making it feel like a movie Making it that, feel like yeah. 1983. Yeah. Or making, well it, making it feel like a futuristic movie from 1983. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I think that, that is great. A bit like um, a bit like uh, Andrew Kramer's opening title sequence to the episodes of Fringe that are set in the 80s. Yes. Where he's mimicked what his yeah, proper what, title what, sequence yes. would look like as if, if, if it had been done in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. had that feel to it, mm. which is what I really liked. Mm. So, yeah, I just... Yeah, I just... I sat through that... Two hours just mm. thinking, oh, this could have been so good. I know. When she got out, some of the bits reminded me of when you get to see behind the um, behind the curtain of the Aperture facility in the Portal games. Right. And then I thought, man, I'd rather be playing Portal than watching this. Right. Um, and then the big reveal at the end. There was a reveal? Yeah. Well, Barry Which, took his wig off. Right. Who names a villain Barry? Barry? I know. Yeah. Honestly. Perhaps they thought it was a 1980s name. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote, well, she got out. Is she going to be disappointed when she finds out she's in Vancouver? Yeah, <laughs> the um, the, the the reveal at the end was a bit like um, Ooh, whoops, oh, that's see, me no, doing it. Yeah. yeah, um, no, she kind of uh, escapes the facility, which mm. we are led to believe is all futury, uh, and then she just stumbles across suburbia. Yeah, um, as if say, oh, it was all kind of not actually like that, really, and mm. you know, it was just the normal 1983, not a futuristic one, and all that kind yeah, of stuff. And he's yeah. like, well, that's been done hundreds of times. Yeah. Um, yeah, one you know, uh, one for the pro you're not, you're not doing well when you're stealing a twist from M Night Shyamalan. No, uh, uh, one for the the pro wrestling fans in the audience right. and in the room. So that's me. Yeah, uh, when Barry takes his wig off, he looks like the rest of wrestler Christopher Daniels uh, uh, cosplaying as Voldemort. <laughs> right now, the guy he looked like, he reminded me of someone mm-hmm. all throughout this film. He re- really strongly reminded me of something. I can't think of what mm. it was. It might have been a Buffy villain. Okay. It might have been something like and his speech patterns remind me of something as well, and I really can't put a pin on it. Sometimes he went a bit um, Hugo Weaving in The Matrix. Yeah, lots of lots of breathing through the nose. Yes. Uh, what else have we got here? I've got three pages. There's got to be some gold in here somewhere. What <laughs> I write? Uh, okay, near the beginning, I wrote Barry's going to turn out to be Elena's dad. I think he's also wearing a syrup. Yeah, right. And then later on, I wrote it was a wig. I was right. Now he's Voldemort. Um, <laughs> And then, nope, I guess uh, Elena is Mercurio's... The names in this bloody film. Yeah. Mercurio Arborea. Yeah. I kept thinking of rice. Well... (laughs) (laughs) I know that's Arborea. I think of the relationship to trees. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, 
yeah, no, Gesselina is Mercurio's kid. Finally, a plot development. Yeah. I assume she's that old man's I've, child. I've no, no idea. idea. No, I don't know no. either. Um, it feels like an. It felt like an outer limits episode, but without a point to it. Yeah, this was the. I think if you just if they'd just been that really cent- core central traditional sci-fi element. I mean, if you if they if you go back to books by people like uh, Robert Heinlein and um, uh, Olaf Stapledon and all those kind of people that were writing these this sort of sci-fi story mm. in the fifties. You and like taking a plot from that and shoved it into mm. this production style and score mm. and everything, it could have been fantastic. It really could have been. We but, haven't wow. um, got to talking about uh, what I called the lanky injection robot. Oh, that w- yeah, the sentinel thing. Yeah, that's really odd, and I'm sure what... that suit has been used in something else. Oh, probably. Yeah, there's a lanky injection robot. It's a yeah faceless well it gets a face later which is really horrible yeah like seven foot tall yeah skinny man i thought it was um i was gonna turn it to be is it doug jones from uh oh yeah, yeah. i thought it was gonna turn it to be him yeah uh that just seems to walk around injecting people and poking computers yeah and you're not um, quite sure what the level of consciousness is yeah it's just kind of a drone and yeah oh <laughs> here we go wouldn't it be funny if the director turned out to be red green colour blind and he thought he'd given this a green tint throughout <laughs> these are the things I think about when watching yeah. this film there yeah. was a point when I leant back and saw your DVD shelves and yeah. saw uh, your copy of The Longest Day and I thought you're not kidding <laughs> yeah. do you know what I think my favourite bit of the film is was when it completely ended and the last thing we saw oh good god Then and your reaction to it because the, la- the very last thing you see at the end of this movie up on screen is a quote, and it's wherever you go, there you are. Be Banzai, and I just looked at you, and you were like, "No, yeah, yeah." For me, that was brilliant. I loved that. I no, that was I, th- I think you just loved my reaction to it more than you loved the fact that it referenced Buckaroo Banzai. Yeah. Oh, dear God. <laughs> um, but what's intriguing me though is the fact that I've watched Buckaroo Banzai on Netflix, yet it didn't recommend this film to me. Oh, well. Which you think it would. Netflix has taste. (laughs) Um, (laughs) When she breaks out, I know we're going back. Now we've got to the end and we're kind of going back a bit. Yeah. Um, I might just read all this verbatim uh, uh, one after another. Oh, actually, no, we'll go back to that in a minute. Okay. Um, The most action that's happened in the last two hours is Tom having a mini coughing fit. (laughs) Right. And you kind of choked on your whatever it was you were drinking. I think it was a Pringle or or cherry coke or something yeah um there's a bit where she lays down and kind of fondles the ground and i wrote hooray for grass which probably goes for, <laughs> for all aspects of the production here. yeah probably. Uh, and and other substances yeah um she comes across two stoners yeah everybody then suddenly starts swearing as soon as she gets out of yeah. the, the facility absolutely yeah that that really is quite it's very jarring yeah and doesn't really fit um there's two stoners, a fat one and a thin one. Yeah. And the thin one gets up and goes and has a piss. Yeah. And he says the line that sums up the entire movie, I think. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and then Pretty he gets much. stabbed horrifically. Yeah. Um, in the mouth. No, that's the the fat one gets stabbed in the mouth. Oh, the thin yeah, that's one right, gets yeah. stabbed somewhere else. Um, contains possibly the lamest villain death of all time. Yes, he that really over annoyed something me. I couldn't see and bangs his head on a rock. Yeah, she has no influence. She no. didn't like move the tree root to wrap round his foot or anything. No. He just falls Fell over, over yeah. and kills himself by yeah. mistake. 
Doesn't he get stuck to the spot, kind of, doesn't he? Kind of. But I didn't. I couldn't work out if that was just marshy ground or whether she was stopping him from moving. I don't know. You moving. get a close-up of his legs wiggling about a bit, yeah. and then he falls over and hits his head. This was also uh, dedicated to someone called Birgitta. Yeah. I hope she liked it. Yeah, so do I. And I think <laughs> there's a song at the end, of which I'm sure the chorus is, We Are Bananas. <laughs> yeah. Which also kind of sums it up. Um. Yeah, not a fan of this at all. No. Um, as far as telekinetic kid movies go, it's not exactly Akira. Uh, no. And it's not even Chronicle. I haven't seen Akira. Really? I'm not a man. It, go, it goes off the rails a bit. Yeah. Uh, I might watch it again. And if there's so many different versions of it. I might watch it again. Yeah. Uh, see if I still like it. Yeah. And then maybe pitch it. Um, I've just seen what the estimated budget for this was. which is 1.1 Canadi- million Canadian dollars. Yeah. Do you know what it took in its opening weekend in the US? Oh, no. Four and a half grand. Yeah. Yeah. That didn't surprise me. Shall we move away? Yeah. I um, think we should. Oh, do you know what? Hang what? on. Hang on. I, I found I tell some you what, reviews. I would like to know. Yes. Um, well, firstly, I'd like to know the name of the bloke that pitched it to us so I can make that make sense. Trevor. Trevor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what I would like to know is... <laughs> don't laugh at me. Why are you laughing at me? What I really want to know is... What Trevor thought of it. Yeah, Trev, send us an email with uh, with your thoughts. Uh, was this just a joke you're playing on? Yeah. <laughs> or uh, do you actually like this film? Yeah. I imagine this is amazing if you're off your face on drugs. Probably. Kind of, I'm not suggesting that Trevor no. uses anything. No. But I just thought maybe a couple of mushrooms is <laughs> incredible. I wouldn't know. Yeah. That's not my bag. Yeah. No, I'm really interested to know what, what, what you think because... Um, like I say, I can I can see like huge amounts of potential in it. Uh, for me, it just falls a bit like mm. the, it falls into a few traps, which are a bit of a shame, I mm. think. And I, I mean, I could tell you absolutely hated it, but I did. Yeah. I'll just kick my mic stand again. I'm doing really oh, well. Dear. Brilliant. Yeah. So anyway, oh, are you, oh, the rabbit's getting frisky. Hello. What are you up to? Oh no, she's having a sniff about. I'm okay. have a drink. More rabbit drinking. Okay. No, maybe not. Okay. Go on. Right. So what you'll be about to do? Sorry. Oh yes. Reviews. Uh, I found reviews, oh. uh, but not on Amazon. Okay. It only has one review on Amazon, right. uh, and that wasn't funny enough. Okay. Um, I found user reviews on IMDb. Right. If you're into weird movies like me, you'll probably dig this. Okay, so for convenience, I'll just break it down into the kind of people who like this movie versus those who won't. You pick your category, and then you'll know if you should see it. Because one out of 20 people will love this, and the rest will think it's the worst movie ever. You will love it if... One... You felt 2001 could have been even slower paced and still be awesome. <laughs> right. <laughs> Two, you love really thinky sci-fi, even if it doesn't involve people shooting aliens. Right. Three, you are crazy in love with 80s hairstyles and weird synth, weird synth music. This movie takes place in 1983 and takes that responsibility very seriously. Four, you loved Agent Smith's delivery of lines in The Matrix and you'd have liked it if he talked even more slowly and threateningly. Five, you think the only good sci-fi is 70s Russian sci-fi. <laughs> You'll hate this movie if, one, you enjoy having more than one person deliver lines over the course of two hours. <laughs> two, you don't like it when your movies are very, very pretentious. Three, you like your movies to generally make an effort to make sense. At one point, I swear the main guy gets a phone call from a speak and spell. I completely <laughs> yeah, forgot about yeah, that. It's yeah. like he's talking to a fax machine on yeah. the phone. Um, four, you don't like when movies spend a considerable amount of their running time trying to injure the viewer's senses. <laughs> Five, you really like a good ending. <laughs> uh, uh, if you look over the reviews, whether people loved or hated this movie, everyone agrees the ending was weak. All things considered, I really like this movie, and so did a bunch of people I saw it with. But that's a bunch of film geeks. If you're a weird film geek too, I recommend it. 
Sorry, that, a text message arrived in the yeah, middle of that. That's a really good way of summing that up, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's interesting, some of the things, that, like, if you like these, you'll like it. And a lot of those things I was thinking as I was watching it, mm. particularly the things like the Kubrick elements to it. Um, there are some very kind of 2001 and Clockwork Orangey moments mm. in it. Um, I but, did yeah. find another review that made me chuckle, but okay, here we go. Okay. Let's say Stanley Kubrick and David Lynch smoked a sackful of Gaia Essence, a ripe old bag of the stuff. Then Andy Warhol dropped over with a flaskful of Dream, Ma- Dream Mana and the three had a right old time bouncing around crazy ideas and concepts and decided after three straight days of interperceptionary travel to make a movie. <laughs> Beyond the Black Rainbow is probably as close as you might ever get to seeing the labours from any such fictional collaboration. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> yep. I think that'll do. Yeah. Uh, Check it out if you feel so inclined. Uh, yeah. If you have the US version of Netflix and you think the idea of something slow and red and weird is uh, up your street. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly, they're, they're, I would be fascinated to hear anybody come back with what they thought about yes. this movie. Um, we talked for 25 minutes about this film. Yeah. We thought, oh, this one's going to be short. Yeah, no, but, that's, um, yeah. Why, right, why... I'm not suggesting. I'm not saying this to discourage any more listener pitches. Right. But why do all our listener pitches contain the word black in the title... Right. And why do they all suck? <laughs> they don't all suck. Black Snake Moan was rubbish as well. Yeah. Well, uh, hey, no, hang on. We had, what else did we have? We had Almost Famous. That was, was, a, that, that, was, that, was oh, that was kind of a listener pitch. That was pitch, kind of a listener pitch. Yeah. Listener pitch. Well, I didn't yeah. like that either. No, that's true. Right. What have we got for each other? Um, well, I know what I've first? got for you. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, shall I go first? Why don't you tell me what you've got for me? I will go first. Ginger beer. Yeah. I tell you what, actually, I can, I can segue this because the, the the movie I'm going to pitch you is a slow, boring sci-fi movie. No, no, Good. it's an '80s classic, though. Okay, uh, kind of an '80s classic, and it has a very uh, unusual score for the type of movie that it is. Okay, but I absolutely love it. In fact, I first heard a piece of music, um, and it was t- titled the name of the film and it was the theme from this film mm-hmm. um, and I absolutely loved this piece of music and I, I still love it to this day and I'd never seen the film mm-hmm. and one day this was back when VHS ruled mm-hmm. the world and uh, I was in a shop and I saw the VHS for like six quid and I thought I'll buy that and she'll eat. rabbit now eating her own hutch yeah yeah she does that sometimes oh stop it um so I bought the video and mm-hmm. I watched it cold. I had no idea what the film was about. All I'd ever heard was the theme tune, mm-hmm. which I loved. Um, and I, then I went on to absolutely love the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I decided I'd... From the very inception of this uh, podcast, it's been on my list of films to pitch you. Um, and it's a genre we haven't touched at all and will probably very not likely not touch again. Okay. Um <laughs> you really yeah, racking thinking, your brains thinking, now, aren't you? Yeah. Um, and when I started to watch this to pitch you, I watched the first bit and I thought, "Hang on a minute, this the in this first first twenty minutes after I was like, this isn't quite this isn't quite as good as I remembered it." And I was mm. like, "Oh bloody hell! If I've got another one now, I'm gonna have to watch another film to find yeah, to pitch yeah. you." In. But by the end of it, I remembered why I loved it. And after doing a little bit of research, I I discovered something which I may, I think, may account for why some of the opening bits seem a little bit, a little bit wooden, maybe, or the dialogue seems a little bit 
cliched okay. and wouldn't. So you're telling me I've got to sit through a genre we haven't covered yeah. uh, and through 20 minutes, half an hour of wooden dialogue. But yeah, potentially. Okay. But it's worth I'm it prepared. in the end. Okay. okay. So I'm going to pitch you The Long Good Friday. Okay. Because we haven't done a London gangster film. We haven't no, done we a haven't. gangster film no, at all. Haven't. No, we haven't. Uh, and we probably never will again okay. <laughs> because it's a it's a it's a genre that you and I aren't particularly interested in. And no. now pretty much every London gangster film is really low budget and yeah. awful. Yes. And the trouble is they all want to be this film and they never will be. Uh mm-hmm. it's a very simple premise. There's a a London gangster, and he's trying to do a big deal in the development of Docklands. So you've got to think this is 1980. Well, yeah. it was shot in 79, released in 80. Mm-hmm. Um, so the development of the Docklands area in the east end of uh, of London and south London is really coming to the fore. Um, there's a lot of big business coming into the area. Mm-hmm. They're pitching for the Olympics in 1988. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So they're, they're thinking that, you know, that's going to bring in lots and lots of money. So uh, this this mobster is basically, he's got everyone under control. All of the various gangs are, uh, are sticking to their own little patches and not interfering with each other. No one's treading on anyone's toes. He's trying to bring in some huge money so that everyone can get a slice of it. And he's trying to do it legitimately. Right. So he's trying not to be a gangster, basically. Mm-hmm. He's trying to do it, excuse me. And then throughout the course of one long Good Friday and the following Saturday, mm-hmm. his whole empire starts to corrode okay. around him and he then has to figure out who it is, why, mm-hmm. and what's going on. One long Good Friday and the following Saturday wouldn't have been quite such no, a good title. No, not quite, no. But basically, the long Good Friday is, long good Friday is the day that everything starts to happen to yeah, him yeah, yeah. and the Saturday is him kind of okay. coming back and trying to work out mm-hmm. what's going on. Um, it stars Bob Hoskins. Yes. Um, it, the role was written for him and mm-hmm. no one else could have played. I mean, it is the perfect Bob Hoskins role. His gangster's mole is um, Helen Mirren, mm-hmm. who is brilliant. And um, then there is a raft of actors who you will know from all sorts of okay. TV. Th- so uh, Charlie from Casualty, right. Jacko from Brushstrokes, um, <laughs> someone from East End, a woman from EastEnders, right. um, who got done for doing a lewd act in a Range Rover. I think that's the only thing I know about her. I can't okay. remember what her name is. Right. Um, but yeah, so basically, you will recognise uh, as both from Only Fools and Horses turns up in it, and it, like it's literally just hundreds of faces you'll recognise. And I mentioned that it was a bit when it goes a bit funny at the beginning, mm. and I think it's because um, it was developed by uh, a company called British Lion, mm. which were kind of coming to the end of their mm-hmm. existence, and the film was picked up for television by ITC. Right. So some of it feels a bit TV at right. the beginning, but then stop it, Tiggs. <laughs> um, handmade films came in mm-hmm. George Harrison's company, mm. and then they they reinjected it with a bit, and then it you know. It kind of uh, reinfused the project, and the actors, I think, really pull into the characters, and so you, there's okay. like a really marked difference. Um, I mentioned the score. I, yeah. I, I absolutely love the score. Okay. It seems quite incongruous at times, but I think for some reason works really well. Um, it might just be me though. So expect a bit more synth, but this time added saxophone. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, there are some really good scenes that we'll probably talk about in particular. Mm-hmm. I won't mention some of them because they're obviously quite key to the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the standout scenes, and often, and one of the, the scenes where this film really kind of switches round, is uh, the abattoir scene. Okay. 
um, which isn't as gruesome as it sounds. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I, when I, when I, when, like I said, when I first started watching, I thought, oh, mm-hmm. that's, that seems a bit, and, and I was thinking that seems a bit cliched, but then realizing the reason it's a bit cliched is because this it is, invented, it the, invented cliches. the cliches. Yeah. Um, and, and, but by the end of it, I was just like, I, I love that film. It's so good. Okay. Yeah. And uh, look out for Piers Brosnan. Marvellous. In his first film role. Ah. Okie dokie. Well, and now for something completely different. Yeah. Um, how would you like... Hey, we're going to a country we haven't gone, gone to before. Oh, really? Yes. Come with me to South Korea. Ooh. For a monster movie. Okay. Um, you're getting The Host. Oh, right. I've heard about this, but yes. I don't really know much about it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I uh, I had heard the rep- uh, reputation. Uh, it was... Uh, the biggest grossing movie in uh, uh, in the history of South Korea. Wow. Um, up to, I can't remember, I think maybe 2009. The stat I read was it sold over 13 million tickets. And if you mm. assume that's one ticket per person, one admission per person, yeah. that's over 20% of the country's population. Wow. Yeah. Obviously, there'll be some repeat visits. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, this did, um, this did massive numbers. That's insane. Um, and even worldwide, actually. It cost $11 million. Uh, and took 89. Wow. Yeah. Because um, I remember this coming out on DVD when I worked at the, the yeah. DVD store. I have the I have the DVD. Uh, mm. That's why I originally bought it. Right. Uh, that's why I originally bought it. Uh, um, I, yeah, I'd heard <laughs> about it and I bought it on the cheap and I yeah. watched it. And I thought it was all right. Uh, and it kind of just been sitting on my list of things to pitch to. So I watched it again and I really liked it second right. time around. Okay. I got much more out of it second time around. Interesting. Um, okay. I should probably sum it up. Yeah. Um, uh, a monster created by toxic waste comes out of Seoul's Han River and goes on a rampage, taking a 13-year-old girl. Right. Her family thinks she's dead, but when they find out she's not, her feisty grandfather, layabout dad, alcoholic uncle, and champion arch- champion archer aunt set out to rescue her. Wow. It sounds like a comedy. It is in places. Right. Um, it rings comedy uh, from just about everywhere. Uh, right. There's one scene in particular which starts, which is melodrama, pure melodrama, yeah. and then they just turn it up and turn it up and turn it up, and it becomes comedy. Right, and then that's followed by a, just a fantastic slapstick moment. Right, um, and pretty much there's comedy to be found in almost every scene. Hmm, interesting. Um, the monster itself is a pretty believable creation. Right, um, it was created by um, uh, the orphanage. Uh, which are now a res- well-respected mm. special effects company. But at this yeah. point, 2005, they hadn't done much. Right. Uh, but they did do lots of the Yellow Bastard stuff in Sin City. Oh, okay. Um, they worked on all four of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, uh, Superman Returns, right. um, and they designed the HUD for Iron Man. Right. Oh, wow, okay. Um, yeah, the creature... I, well, I was just say the one thing with like horror movies or monster movies like this that always is that key moment is the reveal of the monster and whether it's crap or not you pretty much get to see it from the get-go right it's not it's not massive it's no. not like uh what have we done other monster movies haven't we what have we done well, we've done godzilla for a start yeah we um, did godzilla. it's not godzilla no we did did we do no we haven't done monsters because we've both seen that um i haven't seen monsters you haven't seen monsters but you don't like it i didn't like it, it enough no. to pitch it okay. no i think i i recommend you watch it okay but I didn't, okay. you know, I, I got bored with it. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't not, like the character. Okay, uh, let's do something we have both seen, Cloverfield. Yes. Which starts okay. with slow reveals of the yeah, monster yeah. and then turns out to be this enormous creation. Yeah. Yeah, this isn't that big. Right. Uh, and you get it pretty much f- full from the off. Okay, interesting. Because um, one, one of the movies that really, really hacked me off was a film called Jeepers Creepers, which was a crappy like teen okay. horror movie. But it was quite good. 
up until the point where they revealed this monster. Okay. And it was just awful. Okay. And it was a shame because they built up this really good kind of suspense and then just killed it. So No, no suspense here. Okay. Um, it's not enormous. It's not over-designed like a lot of movie right, monsters yeah. can be. It's, um, it's a monster born of mutation and it's a believable mutation, I think. Okay. Um, the monster was nicknamed Steve Buscemi by the director. <laughs> <laughs> Charming. Um, I don't really have anything else. Okay. I, it's one of those ones I remember when it came in. Yeah. I, on the, like when we I worked at the video store and putting it on the shelves thinking, that kind of, that's intriguing. I'd yeah. quite like to watch that. Never got around to it. So I'm pleased you've pitched it to me. Yeah. The, the tone is a bit odd and uneven in places and right. that comes from the, uh, uh, some of that comes from like the finding comedy in, in pretty much everything. Uh, yeah. And you have to sit through some dodgy English language acting at the beginning. That's just, that's just the setup scene. Yeah. It's actually based on a real event. Okay, Believe really? it or not, what? yes. Okay, uh, it start- Okay, I'm giving away the very beginning. Uh, it starts in the year 2000. Yeah. And a an American scientist orders um, his Korean assistant to pour away hundreds and hundreds of bottles of formaldehyde just straight down down the sink into which flows wow. out into the river. Right. Um, this really happened. Oh, Jesus. Uh, with with an American scientist, uh, despite his his Korean assistant protesting and saying it will go, this is just going to pollute the river. Ordered him to do it anyway. Wow. Um, That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So yeah, it has it is based in the German truth. It's actually very political as well. Yeah. Um, in the portrayals well, I of think the like government. Godzilla the, was. Yeah. 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 Um. I hope you enjoy it. I uh, mm. I really liked it. It's on Netflix, okay. uh, and I have the DVD. Neither of which are in the proper aspect ratio. Right. It's a two thirty five like scope widescreen movie that's been cropped into sixteen by right, nine. Yeah. Uh, I go with the version on Netflix because that doesn't crop anything off. That doesn't crop any of the text off the sides right. like my DVD does. Oh, that's a bit weird. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, I liked it more second time round, and it now comes highly recommended. Excellent. Cool. I'm looking there forward to that. Awesome. I think we're, we're, we're done for this week, are we not? I or think we, we are as well. Hold Horse. on. Let me just turn to the back page, which has the... Uh, well, the plugs and thanks. Plugs yeah. and thanks. Um, if you have seen Beyond the Black Rainbow, The Long Good Friday, and or The Host, uh, we want to hear from you. Absolutely. Uh, you can do that in short form on Twitter, at HYS Podcast. You can leave a comment on uh, on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash Podcast. You can leave a comment on the blog, uh, which somebody has done and I haven't read out uh, because I can't find it. I can't remember what it was, but if it's remotely relevant next week, I'll do it. Uh, that's haveyouseen.net. You can also find all of our um, previous episodes on there if you're not an iTunes subscriber or a Stitcher subscriber or a TuneIn Radio person. Uh, we're available in so many ways. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and you can also send us an email if you have uh, long things to say or you yeah. want to pitch us a movie. Yeah, yeah. do, um, do write pitch. Us, write us a side of A4. Uh, thereabouts or um, letter if you're of an American persuasion uh, and that's podcast at haveyouseen.net thanks go to um, the web family for uh-huh. uh, letting us record in the library again <laughs> yeah. um, thank you to Tiggs the Rabbit for her contributions Yeah, um, she's, she's glaring at me oh, she seems quite relaxed she's okay. laid out she's quite happy I think. Okay. This, is, this is her calm is it okay. yeah yeah she's fine Good. It looks like about to pounce to me, but no, we'll go she's for that. fine. She's okay. just chilled out. Oh, nope. See, no, she's pouncing. She's pouncing. <laughs> she's not pouncing. Oh, she's oh. She's... Oh dear. Okay. Right. The rabbit looks like she's about to get amorous with uh, with her tough stuffed toy rabbit. So I think we should go. Yeah. Um, thank you to Alexia Mum for his technical expertise, and uh, we'll see you next time when we talk about the Long Good Friday and the host. Bye.